Hello, you beautiful cycling fans. Welcome back. It's stage eight. Bit of a transition stage today uh, before we hit the real key stage, probably the queen stage tomorrow. Uh, definitely one of my favorite stages, the shorter version. Uh, only 90 kilometers tomorrow. But yeah, we're going to jump into today's stage. It was destined to be a sprint stage, but we knew the breakaway was always likely to steal the glory on the day and that's how it turned out a couple of talking points include some very slippy glass-like surface on the road today and a load of stack up so let's not put it off and let's jump right in before we get cracking as always honorable mention to our show sponsor missing peace check out missingpeace.ie as i said like when you check out the sponsors like this and you give them your bit of business and you get the bit of hype going about their product, really helps the show grow. And as we're keeping it, a wee little self-sustained ecosystem that everything that comes in and be put back into the show, it's win-win for all around. So Missing Peace is a class place to go and check out gift items, gift ideas. It's also a class place to go if you want to pimp out your kitchen a little bit and get a few custom bespoke items I'm expecting my delivery on Monday, so I'll let you know what that is like. And early next week, we're also going to have a competition from Missing Peace, so I'm excited about that. Today's stage, it was defined by a big breakaway. A big break went, and Astana looked like they had no interest in keeping the jersey today so they just kind of rolled along and the break it went out to stupid season and it ended up taking seven and a half minutes or something in the finish uh, actually before i jump into that nicholas roach uh, update while it's on the tip of my tongue nicholas roach uh, he busts himself up pretty good but he has no broken bones thankfully thankfully he has a bunch of stitches and that's about the height of it for roach so hopefully a couple of weeks and he can rest up and finish off the season strong uh, today was defined by the big break but also the weather if anyone hasn't ridden in spain spain is notorious for slippy surface glass-like surface when it rains whatever they use they don't lay the roads like they do in clonmel down in spain so whatever they use in the roads when there's a touch of rain they're just not used to it and the roads turn into absolute ice skating rink everything changes so you know your braking your line your grip your pressure how close you ride on the wheel it all changes like you look at the line to the corners the bo the boys are almost it's some great lessons for because i know we have to race in ireland a lot in the rain and i'm sure wherever you are you have to deal with the rain every now and then unless you're that solo listener out in mongolia you still representing out there i don't know who you are you're lying in the long grass reveal yourself come forth and take thy prize thy noble prince uh the line in uh, corners super important you need to keep the bike almost straight through the corners once you start leaning at all and put the bike on the tire sidewalls it becomes super super sketchy uh, especially dangerous on a day like today because it started out dry so these guys would have been running depending if they're running tubeless clincher or uh, tubular you can't actually assume anymore because the clinchers have got so good like so Tony Martin and Primus Roglic are riding clinchers in the time trials now. They're gone that fast. And there's been a big move to tubeless in the last, which I personally hate tubeless. I punctured out training two weeks ago on tubeless and it's a messy nightmare. You have gunk and spuck stuff all over the place and it's horrible and you have to wipe all that out and then you can't find a bit of grit and your chance of repuncturing is 
going up and you're trying to cram a tube in there and take your tubeless valve out and it's uh, it's not a nice experience now you are less likely to puncture apparently that is the first puncture i've had all season on them but uh, yeah i don't know i i still traditional i like training on clinchers and racing on tubelers but yeah with the mix of tires it's hard but say if somebody's running a tubeler like a 75 kilo rider they're probably running around 110 psi in their tubeler at the start of the race because it looks super dry then the rain comes in and like you don't want to be running much more than probably 70 psi on in rain like that for the same rider so there's a big difference in psi that you'd be running on a race like that obviously the exact number varies from your waist tire manufacturer uh, and stuff but rough estimates there you can see there's a big gap between pressure on a dry day and pressure on a wet day you also got to think of what tires you're using some of these guys don't have the luxury of going with the grippiest tires because you got to go with the manufacturer i know i've had ridden for some teams and the the tires have been absolutely brutal and yeah it's just it's so dangerous it's the worst thing i know a big trend here is i know bike shops seem to push it a lot in the winter is gator skins they push them going gator skins it's amazing they're so puncture resistant you won't puncture all season you slide out on every single roundabout what makes them puncture resistant is that hard rubber that hard rubber is the exact same thing that doesn't grip like every day of the week i'd prefer to puncture once or twice over the winter and have the grip but what you can do which is a great little trick is if you have an old tire cut the sidewalls off it and put the old tire inside your grippy tire like get something like a you know a pro race four or something like that and put an old tire with the sidewalls cut off it inside that then put your tube inside that for training and you have the benefit of both things you've sort of the double layer so it's more more unlikely that you'll puncture but you also have that grip so yeah everything changes for the guys today coming down that final descent it was a cat tree coming down probably i think it was 9 10k to the finish uh bottomed out so braking you've got to get all your braking done early the line you want to go around the corners with very little lean grip depends on your tires uh you see a lot of riders sitting way off the wheels uh david de la cruz was riding way off the wheels from team ineos like stupidly so because he ended up getting himself dropped once so he's on all that work all day and got himself dropped because he's unwilling to ride on the wheels uh that was on the flat so you know he should like he should be in the wheels on the flat even the spray is horrible on a day like that if you haven't raced in it it's a miserable experience you can't have your glasses on because you can't see out the lenses it's hard to have them off because you keep getting stuff thrown up into your eyes it's going to your mouth it's just miserable but riding back off the wheels like Dela Cruz, you just have absolutely no chance for the day. So, yeah, it's a bit of a, a bit of a catch twenty two. Uh, we had a couple of crashes coming in the road. We had uh, Tuzvelts from Sunweb. He hit the deck. He was trying to go solo, pushed it a bit much through the roundabout, and went head over heels. I've been that soldier with almost that identical crash before, and it's not a nice one. Feels like you're in a tumble dryer. Also, we had Luis Leon Sanchez. It looks like he hit the deck. They didn't mention it in commentary, but he came in. He disappeared from that group, and he came in with the shoulders cut out of his jersey. So that looked like it could have been a nasty one as well. Also, we had the TV motorbike came down. You know what's bad when the motorbike is starting to come down. Uh, bike handling skills are important in that weather, and the cream started rising to the top close to the end. I thought it was going to be the move. Yannick Stebar hit out the cyclocross legend hit out for home started gapping them through the corners he just didn't have enough power in the end 
uh, when you would expect him to start opening it up. He just didn't have it. Dylan Toons was actually very instrumental in closing it down. He's our red jersey wearer from a couple of days ago. He was super strong, but he's. Back, I'll go through GC in a minute, but he's back up to second on GC. But, you know, with tomorrow, I just can't see much happening. So, the race finished uh, with Arndt uh, from Sunweb. He, like, if anyone doesn't know him, he's a super, super fast finisher. And they were talking about Arnborough uh, coming in the road from Cahrual. And he got second in the end. And I was like, what are they talking about him for? Like, Arndt is there. And he is a super fast finisher. Like, he's won, he won the Cadell Evans race. He's won the Criterium de Dauphiné. He's won the Giro stage. Like, he's noted as a lead-out man. But before he was a lead-out man, he was a sprinter. And lead-out men are fast. Like, do you remember how fast Renshaw was? Like, Renshaw, obviously famed from leading out Cavendish probably the greatest sprinter of all time but Renshaw moved away and he was sprinting for himself for a while and super fast guy so Nicholas Arndt you know he won it in the seat probably a choice from him to get that extra bit of traction sprinting seat uh, and just a bit more control off the bike but honestly he just he didn't need to take that risk of getting out of the seat because he probably won it by six seven bike lengths in the end uh, super impressive uh, display from him and he seems like a really nice guy it's a I think Anchorman won yesterday as well in wherever the other race is going on. Uh, so it's a real purple patch for German cycling at the moment. And, you know, a lot of that can be attributed to Marcel Kittel and really dragging German cycling out of a bad, bad era post Jan Ulrich. So uh, Mark Kittel obviously retiring uh, last week, announcing his retirement, you know, saying he didn't want to see his kid growing up on Skype and you know, fair play to Kittle, but he had a bigger role in a lot of this stuff than people give him credit for, so, uh, yeah, real purple patch for German cycling, you know, Bennett's one of the guys who's suffering because of that, because he's just not getting no love at Bora, and we still haven't heard what's going on, if he's trapped into that contract, or what's going on, uh, I don't, didn't understand today why Luis Leon Sanchez was in the break, that's just something we've never seen the successful teams doing we've never seen you know us postal back in the day when armstrong was just so dominant throwing people into the break we didn't see it in the contador era we didn't see it uh, with team ineos or team sky with Froome or wiggins or thomas is it a discipline thing or is it a tactics thing that's different but for me it just makes no sense Luis leon is a strong strong domestique for astana we're coming up to tomorrow probably the queen stage and they put Luis leon in the break and what does he get for his uh troubles in the break he hits the dick and so they're effectively a man down for tomorrow for a team that's looking to win the vuelta espana i just i don't see the logic in that at all it seems absolutely stupid decision uh, another show sponsor plug if you haven't had a chance to check out click funnels yet do go and check them out because click funnels have been a complete game changer for me click funnels allow me to get back to doing stuff like this doing the podcast coaching riders getting out this morning for the a1cc ride which i'll tell you in about in a minute was class crack uh, it allows me to focus on what I do and not have to worry about building websites, you know, optimizing pages, trying to figure out how to mesh together my Aweber autoresponder with my Google uh, AdWords accounts with my Facebook retargeting. It's all done under one roof and it's a, it's a joy of a tool to use. So if you're a small business owner, I definitely encourage you to check out ClickFunnels. The good people at ClickFunnels have hooked our listeners up with a 14-day free trial of their platform i'm going to pop the link in the show notes down below 
And again, I would encourage you to use the links. Uh, obviously, you can go and sign up for ClickFunnels independently, but if you use the links that I'm giving you, uh, we get small kickbacks, which again keeps float this whole podcast and keeps the show on the road. So even if you're mentioning it to someone or sharing it around, I'd appreciate if you shared around the link that I'm sending you guys. Thank you very much. Uh, so what are we looking at GC at the moment? We have Nicholas Aday from Coffee. So change his hands again. Uh, you know, they can't, like, Astana just, it's hot potato. They want to get the jersey, it's gone. Get the jersey, gone. So Nicholas Aday has a handsome lead at the moment. Of 221 over the previous red jersey where Dylan Toons, who's rocketed back up to GC. But I suppose the real GC starts in third place with Superman Lopez is at 301 and Roglic is at 307. Just a quick word for Nicholas Aday because he's riding for Kofidis. Kofidis have already had a stage win with Harada uh, two days ago. And now they have Nicholas Aday in the jersey. Kofidis got a wild card into this event. And stuff like this, like even getting in the break is huge for teams that are getting wild card entries in. And Kofidis, for as long as I can remember from the David Moncoutier, the housewife's favourite, uh, from his days with Cofidis, it's just a team that I can remember being so loyal and so such a consistent supporter of cycling all through the years that it's amazing to see them back. It's big for them. This is big. It's amazing to see them back uh, at the top of world cycling. So, yeah, chapeau to them. And, you know, Nicholas today he's got to get the Roadman uh, Award for, for today's show. Anyway, uh, if you're listening to the Move podcast, they called it the... I think you call it the Patreon Award or something shit like that. But uh, yeah, Roadman's way cooler. Actually, we might start bringing out. Uh, we launched, well, we kind of done a soft launch of a Roadman mug uh, a couple of, was it like last year, 18 months ago? But I've, the more I'm looking into uh, behavioral therapy and things like this, the more I'm thinking about bringing the mug back as an offering. I, don't, I probably won't even sell it i'll probably give them away for free like just cover the shipping or something like that i've one of these roadman mugs in my kitchen and what i've done is i've started to use the roadman mug as a catalyst for me so you know there's i'm not gonna this is a this is a deep dive for one of our podcasts that aren't a vuelta special but you know there's some behavioral techniques that we can start to associate actions uh like pressing our thumb and our forefinger together we can associate that with a with a a, a mental for a mental state of mind and you know so pressing our thumb and forefinger together you know say if you're uh if you're one of the gc contenders you know say grant thomas i know because i know they use this at ineos and sky so coming up to a big climb you're pressing your thumb and your forefinger together and that helps recollection with all the sacrifices that have been made through the year all the training camps away from family the hard hours training so by pressing that thumb and forefinger together they recall all this and then they think you know get switched on get plugged in i've made all these sacrifices for this exact moment so it's a pre-framing it brings them into a very positive state of mind for them to take action on that climb coming up to the sprint whatever uh, event they've defined but what I'm using the Roadman mug for is, you know, when I'm getting up in the morning, I'm like, oh, you know, it's pouring rain. I don't really want to get out training. And I have my co- coffee in that Roadman mug. It's that, it's, I've trained it to be that catalyst for myself that's like, snap yourself out of it. You know, you're a bike rider. Get out, do your ride. You know, you set the alarm clock last night to get up because you had a ride to do this morning. Now, don't start making excuses. So the Roadman mug for me is 
turned into a very powerful catalyst. So I'm actually looking at trying to well, set up something. We'll do a, we'll figure it out in the, one of the upcoming deeper dive podcasts. But I'll talk a little bit more about the psychology in that, and we we'll also look to start shipping them if we can for like free to you guys. Just cover the postage on them. Uh, that will be cool. Uh, we had the A1CC ride this morning, which was class to have it back. We haven't had it in, didn't do it all summer, and probably it cut it off earlier last year. But it's back now weekly. Uh, we did, you know, we didn't have a massive crowd first week back. What do we have? Six guys or something like that. Out, uh, amazing fun. Uh, great to just ride with people from different backgrounds, different abilities, and I think that's what cycling should be. It should be socially inclusive. It should be you know not defined by our ability and then riding with a very narrow subset of friends who also always uh, tend to come from similar sporting backgrounds this is you know people coming from just massively different life experiences massively different family situations sporting situations work situations and what happens is you don't just get the usual sterile conversation that you do on a group ride with a bunch of teammates who are all the same ability you get just this very conversation which makes the time flow past so if anyone's dublin based uh could be a tough commute for the lad of mongolia uh but we're meeting at the food room in clontarf road at 9 30 every saturday morning so that's just an informal get together. It's about 65k. We normally meet a little bit early, get a coffee before, stop for a coffee halfway, real social spin. Uh, tomorrow, 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 tomorrow. It's the Queen stage. We're heading into Andorra. The roads I know very well. I've trained out there. Beautiful, beautiful terrain, but massively unforgiving. Tomorrow's stage is only 90 kilometers, and this is an innovation that's come around the last few years. Uh, and the Vuelta was actually a first Grand Tour to innovate and they needed to mix things up because they were losing focus and they started throwing in these short stages. They're class. So right from the gun tomorrow, lads are going to be on the rollers, getting warmed up because it goes straight away, automatic tomorrow. We're straight into a climb. Uh, tomorrow we're 3,400 metres of climbing over five categorised climbs and the run into the finish is absolutely ridiculous. This is why I'm saying Nicholas today has no chance of being in the jersey. Dylan Toons has no chance of being second on GC. This is a Lopez, Roglic, Quintana, Valverde. Straight old shootout. And we're running in with two Cat 2 climbs and a Cat 1 climb coming into the finish. It's going to be brutal it's going to be epic and it's 90k so i'm going to try and park myself on front of the tv for as much of that as i can uh, the only other thing i found of interest today was interview with peter stetna after the race uh, from trek great to see him back because he had a real bad stack up a few years ago where he hit a pole and broke his leg uh, he's an interesting guy and he's just kind of come to my mind because he's been doing the alternate race schedule with some of the ef guys this year like riding leadville dirty cans that's something i'm kind of looking at for next year uh but he was in the break today which was great to see him back there and chapeau to him so i'd love to see him getting back to his uh best he's a man who you know he said he was giving abuse to wheel suckers as he called them very american uh you need to ride with honor he said when you're in the break i don't know if i echo that sentiment i think it's about actually winning not riding with honor so you got to do what you got to do you got to play to your strengths if you're not a guy a diesel who can ride through all day in a break you gotta you know drink out that magic bottle down the back and skip as much as you can do your turns through corners do your turns and tailwinds and play the old rope it up as ali would have done uh so tomorrow we got the queen stage then we're into the rest day and then we're into the time trial it's been a tough first week 
Uh, it's been a tough first week for the racers and it's been a tough first week for the old podcaster here. Really enjoying it. Uh, but yeah, I'm not going to lie. I am looking forward to getting into that rest day and just not having the daily grind and getting a podcast up for at least a day. Then we're into the time trial and then we're back in. But you know what? We're like eight days deep already and they're coming up to this stage tomorrow. Like this is going to be ninth day in a row. These these are gladiators. They're gladiators and they're tearing strips off each other. And tomorrow's the final battle before a little bit of a break. So looking forward to it. Hopefully all the guys who crash today have a good night's sleep and they heal well. And I will back to you guys tomorrow to dissect and pull apart um, the Queen stage and let you all know how it went. Uh, in the meantime, check on the links down below for our training camp it's also up if you go on a1coaching.net you'll see it linked up our training camp is the 9th to 15th of november uh a1 the eight week challenge is closing up in the next few days so if you're interested in that you can pop me an email on info at a1coaching.net or i'm going to link it up on the challenge or i'm going to link it up in the show notes down below have an absolutely whopper saturday night don't drink too much and get up and ride your bike tomorrow morning chat to you all then